Hello and welcome to the Seacast. For today's special episode, we are going to be coming to you with two movies and starting off our pair of episodes here where we cover the John Wick movies. At the date of us recording this, John Wick Chapter 4 is not quite out yet, but today we are going to be starting off with the first film, John Wick, and the second one, John Wick Chapter 2. We are honored today with a special guest, Quinn. Quinn, thank you so much for joining us here today. We heard you were a John Wick enthusiast, so we are happy to have you on. We're going to go to you first here, and why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to our audience, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so stoked to be here, um, especially talking about this franchise, which is super fun, and I feel like was really my entry into really appreciating action movies and martial arts films in like a whole new way, so really excited to talk about it. Um, but yeah, my name is Quinn. Um, I'm an actor and a writer, and I have also have my own podcast called Your Next Obsession um, that you can all check out on various podcasting platforms. We actually have a new season coming out soon that is Keanu Reeves themed. So oh, we're doing a bunch of episodes yeah. all about <laughs> Keanu Reeves movies, so it's very topical. And uh, yeah, I'm super down, and these movies are so fun, and um, I'm a huge movie nerd. I love big genre movies, and these definitely fit the bill, and I love Keanu Reeves. I think he gives a great performance in these movies. Absolutely, and I don't know if this is going to have you fangirl out too much, but PR from <laughs> I work for, we rep Keanu, so he, he's been in our offense, and the way you just reacted right there, that is exactly how everybody in the office reacts every time Keanu comes I hear by. he's <gasps> just the nicest, and I don't really want to hear anything else. <laughs> and I have nothing else but to reiterate that. Yes, okay, he is the nicest human being on the planet who apparently in his movies likes to kill people. So great. Very, very, very stark contrast. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and we're going to hop right in here, starting off with the first film, John Wick. And storyline for that is going to be with the untimely death of his beloved wife, still bitter in his mouth. John Wick, the expert former assassin, receives one final gift from her a keepsake to help John find a new meaning in life now that she is gone. But when the arrogant Russian Bob Prince, I'm going to butcher this name, but we all know who the prince is, and his men pay Wick a rather unwelcome visit to rob him of his prize 1969 Mustang, great car, and his wife's present, the legendary hitman will be forced to unearth his meticulously concealed identity. Blind with revenge, John will immediately unleash a carefully orchestrated maelstrom of destruction against the sophisticated kingpin Vigo and his family. So why don't we go ahead and hop right in to our first category, and that's going to be general. Melissa, I'll come to you. Generally, what did you give this rating on, uh, star rating? So I rewatched this movie for the first time in a few years, uh, just last night, um, and I was just reminded how incredible it was really the first time watching the movie um i i give this one a full star there are so so many things that i absolutely love about it um and i will go into more detail later but yes generally i mean if i could do full and a half i would do full and a half but i'll i'll, I'll go full star <laughs> i'm about to say i have this similar feeling too where it's like yeah i some of the star one star maybe just isn't enough. Uh, but <laughs> Anthony, how about you? Um, I really enjoyed the movie. For context, I had never seen any of the John Wick movies before, so I am coming into this series entirely fresh. 
Um, as is typical, though, I watched the first one on an airplane, but I still think it's a solid experience. I don't know. People always knock me for it. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I was kind of shocked with how good it was. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's not that I didn't, like, know what to expect, uh, but just it's one of those things I just I wasn't really prepared for how good it was and how vicious it was. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. So full star. Awesome. Okay. So for full star from Alyssa, full star from Anthony Quinn, how about you? What'd you give it? Yeah, it's killing me that I can only give it one star. Very hard. <laughs> no, this movie is a is a full star and and no less. Uh, it rocks. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we got full stars across the board. John Wick starting off hot. Okay, we're moving on to our next section here, and that's acting. And we saw a lot of choreography and a lot of fight scenes in this, and that, you know, very stoic nature from Keanu here playing John Wick. Uh, Anthony, we'll go to you. What did you give um, acting of this film? Yeah, I, I gave the acting a full star. Uh, I'll leave the breakdowns of all the choreography and everything to Melissa and Quinn. Um, but I really enjoyed Keanu's performance. It was a little bit of a different maybe take on the assassin character compared to maybe what you'd see in like Mission Impossible or like James Bond. Uh, I don't know. It just had a little bit of a different flair. It, it, maybe it was just because all of it uh, came from the fact that his dog died, but he was very much almost like, I don't want to do this, but it's who I am and I kind of have to, and I'm upset and you made me upset. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't have too much more to say than that. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think he just captures you with the way that he comes to the screen. All right. Quinn, how about you? What did you give the acting of this film? Yeah, full star for sure. Um, Keanu Reeves is such an interesting leading man. He's had such a fascinating career and kind of an unlikely leading man in a lot of ways, not just because of, I mean, for obviously physically, nothing nothing really lacking in that department. So as far as looks goes, uh, a full leading man in every in every respect. But, you know, in terms of his, he's gotten a lot of flag over the years for his like acting style as being like, kind of clunky and a little uh, stiff and stilted. And um, I definitely understand where that feedback comes from, but he really is kind of guileless in, in sort of such a way and like comes across with so much natural charm and charisma. And he really isn't like anybody else. Um, he doesn't act like other people do. And he maybe doesn't act like we expect a leading man to act. But I think that allows so much idiosyncrasy to come through in his characters and as a physical performer he's really peerless and like and I think you really see that in these films too like this the stunts and the action that he's able to execute is like really not something that we see very often I think Mission Impossible is a great comparison because like I think the only person who is probably a contender for that title as well would be Tom Cruise um but other than that it's like not really a level of performance that we're used to seeing out in in the states I think you see it a lot more in martial arts films coming out of like Hong Kong and Japan and like all of those like huge industries built around like physical performance um but I think those two really go hand in hand in these movies and he marries like the very grounded story of John Wick with a really exaggerated stylized physical performance in a way that like really sells it for me yeah, absolutely and I think he has you know a couple inches on Tom Cruise so it makes the fight <laughs> I agree more than a couple a, a tad bit more believable in terms of a menacing figure so yeah uh, and no troubling cult affiliations <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right, Melissa, how about you? Would you give the acting? Um, acting, I I also give that one a an absolute full star. Um, and not just for Keanu Reeves. Don't get me wrong, Keanu is incredible, and I'll I'll go into that. But the rest of the cast as well is very very strong. I mean, you have Alfie Allen who's in there. You have William William Defoe, excuse me, in the first film. Um, the bad guy Vigo Tarasov is played by Michael. Niv, Niv, Nickfist, excuse my pronunciation, but <laughs> um, I mean, the, the cast as a whole is incredibly strong. Um, I had the fortune of being able to see a little bit of the behind the scenes after watching the first film, and something that everybody said was how incredibly impressed they were, not just with Keanu Reeves and, and his performance, but his dedication prior to filming um being in the gym and learning multiple different types of fighting styles months before filming started um you know the directors david leak and chad stahelski um say that they haven't actually worked with somebody who put in that much effort before filming even started um and it took him you know i don't want to say a lot of time but he put in so much effort to actually bring john wick to life and not just okay this is just another project like no he did that um all of the driving skills that you see him pulling off 98 percent of that is keanu reeves like driving 90 miles an hour and stopping within inches of you know like a huge like that is keanu reeves doing that and as much as that is a lot of stunt work um, and we're talking about acting. I think that that is just, it's a, a part of it. It is a part of the actor's process to be able to actually portray um, a character that you aren't necessarily that person. Like, Keanu Reeves is, is not an assassin. But he lived like one, if you will. He he put in the work. And that is just so apparent on screen. Um, and he, he sells it. I mean, one of my favorite moments and. <laughs> maybe it just is because he's such a menacing character but when he finally decides um i'm going to go apeshit he killed my dog and he's going to die and he opens up like the um the basement door and clunks down the stairs it was like (laughs) whoo hey (laughs) you know what i mean great moment (laughs) oh it's a great moment he's about to mess some shit up and i love it um but yeah so i don't know if it uh was obvious but that was a full star for me (laughs) yeah no absolutely and can't have an action movie without dean winters and if anybody knows that name or doesn't know that name that is the guy who plays mayhem in the all-state commercial so (laughs) absolutely need to have him in there all right so that Again, full stars across the board again. I think John Wick might be our first five-star film, ladies and gentlemen. But going on to our next category, and that's going to be the score and the music. Uh, Quinn, we'll come to you to start off this uh, category. How did you like the score and the soundtrack for this film? Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I've I've seen these movies a couple times, and the score is not the thing I remember the most about them. But, um, but you know, I remember the score being, like, really dynamic and uh, really loud, but also, like, really highlighting the action sequences a lot and like not taking away from it. Like I wouldn't say that it maybe has like a super iconic score, like, like Mission Impossible. Obviously like John Wick doesn't have like a theme in, in that way. There's no like um, super memorable uh, 
uh, song or like melody that like sticks with you. Like you remember the action and you remember Keanu. But what I will say is that I think the sound design overall and the score and the way that that sort of complements and like weaves in and out of some of those action sequences, it's really hard to do that and not take away. And the sound is so important in John Wick, like when someone lands a punch or like, or, you know, uses a weapon in a really specific way, like the sound is so visceral. And I think the score does a really nice job of like complementing that. So um, I don't think see a reason like not to give it a full star, except that I like it's not the thing that sticks out to me the most about the movie, but it definitely doesn't take anything away from it either. Okay, that's all good. I know the one thing that stuck out for me in this film is that he killed two guys in a bar with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> pencil people pencil. how do you do that it really seems like they start from almost like a mad lib situation like what if we're in a bar and we have a pencil like how can we make a scene out of that it, it does seem like they kind of work like top down in that, in it's that great. Sense a little bit. i think the best yeah. part about that is also that i think in each movie, the amount of people he kills with a pencil when people tell the story increases. Yeah. So like the first yeah. one is right. like That's he right. once killed a man with a pencil, and the next movie is like he once killed two men with a pencil, and the next is like he once killed an entire room with a pencil. You know. <laughs> and it's watered down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Melissa, we'll come to you next. Uh, what did you give the score? Um, score is a full star for me. <laughs> Again, um, I actually I think. John Wick does have a, a little motif that like goes through the film. Um, if I remember correctly, um, he has his like, and I think it's when he is menacing and when he's like plotting, if you will. And it's mostly when he's like getting his weapons like ready and he's, he's looking at his guns and the song's like, da, da, da. and he's like, doo, 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 doo. You know what I mean? And then he goes, and he's like, you know? And the guitar is coming. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so good. And I kind of mentioned this in our last podcast that I think that, at least for me, when I'm watching a film, the only time where I really hear it is when there's not a lot of dialogue. And John Wick does not barely ever speak not a lot of dialogue. not a lot yeah. of dialogue so i can i hear the score a lot in this film i mean but you're absolutely right quinn with with the complement of the sounds of the action and the knives and the guns yes the the music like lifts that up and supports that um and words don't muddy it which is great because come on, we're not here really for the story. We're here for the action. And this movie delivers it and the music supports every feeling without without making me feel like there's a certain way they want me to feel. You know, I feel like some scores can kind of lead you like, this is the moment where you're sad. This is the moment where you're happy. This is a moment you're scared. It's like, no, you're. this is just kind of intense the whole time. Um, but with like peaks and valleys in in a very complimentary way and it's a full star for me very eloquently put and now we are going to go to our music and score oh, expert no. anthony yes expert. you have that title now, 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 there, now so there's you, pressure yeah as he, it, as he pulls up his notes on his phone <laughs> it's like it's like look again, there's not much on there there's like he has lines. about 10 paragraphs ladies and gentlemen you <laughs> see this on his phone currently he has written a paper about the john wick score there, there are so, five there are five bullet points and only three of them are about the score <laughs> you forgot that's that about we have 75 percent films 
he's about to go crazy. <laughs> no. Anthony, what did you give the score? Uh, I had the great pleasure of, of listening to the score today. Uh, I listened through the first two scores today uh, just because I wanted to really soak it in. And without a doubt, it gets a full star. It was, I think, one of the more enjoyable scores I've listened to in a while. Uh, Quint, Quint, to your point, I think at a minimum there are at least two types of scores. There are ones that are more melodic. Those are the ones that, that are the, the really, truly iconic ones. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park. You know, anything John Williams, almost anything Hans Zimmer. <laughs> uh, th- those are really the iconic ones, and that's because the melodies are, are very easy to remember, uh, and you like instantly connect the melody to that movie. Hmm. And then there's other types of scores that are more atmospheric uh, and kind of set the tone in a more subdued way, uh, in a su- more subdued way where you don't necessarily uh, recognize everything that's going on, but you definitely feel it. Um, a comparison that, that came to my mind, and it is a little different because I think uh, The Mandalorian is a little bit more melodic, but at least as far as how quiet, or I say I should say how little dialogue there is, uh, I felt that the feeling of how the score played into the, the movies was kind of similar in that way. And so it did a really good job of just, yeah, coming in and, and giving you all the vibes that you wanted. It was kind of cyberpunky, vaporwave rock almost. It, great, great vibe to it. And I don't know, maybe just because I listened to it and I was bopping my head to it. Uh, it was just really, really enjoyable. Uh, and yeah, there was a little bit of a theme. Uh, nothing like too crazy that stuck out. I think for me, the, the biggest through line I saw was more in the orchestration. Uh, just kind of bringing in, you know, just the way that you had that rock feel. Um, but then mixing in a little bit of electronic sometimes uh, was was a nice kind of through line through at least the first two films. But yeah, full star for me. I loved it. Okay, so full stars again across the board for the score. So we're at three stars here. And I think up to this point on the CCAST, the highest rated film we have is, what, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness at three and a half, right? So John Wick might be coming for the title in the crown. <laughs> Going on to the next we, category. We didn't, do, we didn't do Interstellar, that's why. <laughs> well, yeah. We're going to have to go on a legendary movie streak where it's just a given at the beginning. Five stars and we can just yeah, talk movie freely. Is five stars and here's why. <laughs> right. Five stars, no skips. Right. right. Yeah. Tens across the board. <laughs> yes. All right. Going on to our next category is going to be cinematography. Melissa, we'll come back to you. Uh, what did you get the cinematography of this film? Because we saw a lot of the driving as you noted a lot of the driving and stunts done by Keanu were done by him and obviously there's some CGI obviously with the killing things of that nature but you got to think some great camera work being able to transition from room to room the lighting you really love that like night vibe like Anthony said that cyberpunk feel uh Melissa we'll start with you what did you give cinematography I mean not to sound you know redundant but i'm also going to give that one a full star um there was a really a really no. <laughs> there's a really interesting moment that i saw in the behind the scenes where they were talking about um the scene at the end of the movie where it's kind of like a car chase but not really a car chase where um john wick is using his vehicle to take people down and like slamming into cars and running over people and also shooting people um, but anyways, he is supposed to do 
this really long drive down near the docks and then turn the car at a 90 degree angle and he hit it so perfectly that the camera was able to literally zoom directly in on his face um, because of how perfectly he hit the mark. Um, and the like the vision to have those types of shots in the movie um, and then to be able to pull them off so flawlessly um, kind of over and over and over again. I, I don't I don't think that there's really a moment where I'm kind of taken out of the movie and th- think to myself, oh, that was clearly CGI. There, he's standing in front of a screen. That wall is paper thin. You know, there's no moment where, um, you know, I have to like suspend my disbelief. That's the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There is no moment where I feel like I have to just suspend my disbelief. Um, and I also saw some other things where um, when he is fighting um, the girl, I cannot remember her name, um, and she like stabs him in the stomach in the movie, the blood gushes out, you know, you know that he's stabbed. And then in the behind the scenes, she's doing it and she doesn't even have anything in her hand. And it was it was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize of course, they had all of this incredible fight choreography, but the fact that people were able to go in and so flawlessly put an item in her hand that she stabs him with, that immediately gushes blood, and then the blood goes everywhere, really made me question how much of this blood that we're seeing is CGI, because at no point do I actually consider that that's possible. Um, and that, to me, like really speaks highly of, you know, the team and everybody who worked on the movie really making it believable and like fine tuning those little details to make sure that, um, that everything looks flawless. Um, and I think that especially, you know, in such an action heavy movie, that can be really difficult because a lot of things are happening so quickly. Um, and unlike, you know, kung fu movies where, you know, there's like people fighting and then there's like a, a jump to, a slow cut you know and it's like there's blood on the knife and then on the body like you know obviously mm-hmm. cinematography and and technology in general has come a long way but um yeah i think that they they really make everything look so realistic and don't use too many tricky angles um to kind of cheat you know which is difficult to do um, and so, yeah, that's a that's a full star from me. Awesome, another full star, Anthony. How about you? Yeah, I'm not gonna have much more to add. Just full star. I think just the way all the fight sequences looked uh, seemed pretty smooth and flawless. And just I don't know, the I remember the shot of him fighting everyone in like the corridor of his house. I don't know, just that that whole scene. I, I really enjoyed. There's just there's just so many bodies everywhere, and just tracking him the whole way through. So full star for me. Absolutely. Quinn, why don't you finish off for this section here? What'd you give it? Yeah, it's a full star. Um, it's it's incredible camera work. The cinematography is like so well articulated, so well planned, like for those really extended sequences where you have really long shots of action, like it's really hard to choreograph. And I think it's easy to forget a lot of the time when, especially with like, sorry, I hate to say it, a lot of the like big budget Marvel movies, uh-oh, where it's like <laughs> everything does kind of look like a lot of the action sometimes can get kind of washed out and they're cutting between a bunch of different stucks and there's like layers and layers and layers of effects. It can be easy to lose the actual like performance of, of what's happening sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't really have that problem in this movie because obviously the action like is the main draw um but the cinematography and the camera operators like are a part of that choreography as well like none of that is happening in a vacuum it's like all this huge team of people working together to uh get the most flawless shot possible and to do all of that well in a take that like works where you can use the whole thing and you see people's whole bodies like that really is reminiscent to me almost of like, this is maybe going to be weird, but almost of like the big movie musicals of like the 40s and 50s where you have these like huge choreography numbers where like tons of people and different dancers and background and like key performers and specialists and like all of that was about really showing off the whole body, right? Like you always saw head to toe of like Fred Astaire and um, Gene Kelly and like all of those people because they were really dancing and like that's what you wanted to show and I think it's very similar in these movies too like you're we're have people in these films who are like absolute specialists in their field who are weapon specialists who are like really specialized in their discipline and like you need to show that off and you know these are people who've worked their whole lives to to get this good at something and the cinematography uh really makes that work and really highlights that and it it like is I think is such a love letter to the genre and to those performers and yeah it really works for me a full star Awesome, another full star, and that'll get us to four stars. John Wick taking over the number one spot on the C-Cast as our top-rated movie. And before we move on to the final category, Quinn, I just got to say, don't be bad-mouthing Marvel on this podcast. Will, <laughs> I'm not bad-mouthing we Marvel. We will come for you. I, you. You saved yourself. You saved yourself with your good explanation, but we were about to come for you. I like the Marvel movies. I really do. It's 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 no shade. I I, I still go see them. I saw Ant Man with Melissa. It's true. It's <laughs> like, true. It's a good time. But you know they have a it's a it's a certain style, and this movie's a different style. And I think you get pros and cons with each one. And I'm about to say, I think to the point you made, where some of the you know big grandiose scenes and kind of gets a little sloppy. We made that note in our Ant Man uh, <laughs> uh, diagnosis. So. Yeah, it's tough true. when you're in the quantum realm to to make it visually striking. <laughs> you would think that they would have the CGI to do it, but they somehow messed up. <laughs> All right, going on to our final category. Holes and then it works, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Final category coming up on the story, and I'll leave this open to whoever would like to go first here. Um, what do we want to give the story of this film? Because obviously, you know, you can dumb it down and say it's just about a guy getting revenge for someone trying to steal his car and killing his dog but there's a lot of levels to this and the world that they kind of set up here and everything being under the table the rules of the continental how all that really works you know the history of john wick and how he built up a criminal empire but isn't running it like how does that all work so i'll leave it open here who wants to go first and uh, give their rating for the story I'll jump in just because I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I thought you might. (laughs) 20 minutes later. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alex, exactly to what you're talking about. The the movie drops you into a pre-existing world and doesn't really hold your hand with showing you or with explaining to you how it works. It just is kind of like, oh, this is a thing. Oh, this is another thing. Oh, like (laughs) there are these rules. There's this thing happening. Uh, especially going into the second movie and seeing everything expand a little bit more was really engaging for me. And it, it kind of reminds me of how a lot of times books will tell stories where they start you, you know, sometimes there's a lengthy exposition. Other times you just start in the action and everything else gets layered in in between. And you kind of have to learn as you go instead of everything just being spoon fed to you. Um, and so I really appreciated that about both of these movies. 
uh, is that they, like I said, they drop you into an existing world and kind of just show you how it works. Uh, and there's just always something more that they add to it that keeps keeps me engaged at least. I'm about to say that show rather than tell, Anthony. I mean, you're really big fans of that in The Mandalorian. Yes. Another way they do that here as well. Uh, all right, who would like to go next? Melissa, Quinn, one of you? Which one wants to go next for your uh, rating? Uh, yeah, I can jump in. Uh, the story, especially for the first one, I mean, as compared to the second one, there's a lot more story, even <laughs> now that the second one isn't also a very good time. But, you know, this is really, they're laying a lot of pipe for the franchise in this first one, and uh, it really pays off. And, like, yeah, I completely agree. These movies are are all show and, and very little tell, which is really a strength. Um, I think oftentimes a mistake that you see in movies that, like, have such a, a lore and, like, so much that they're trying to communicate uh, is that, you know, they'll try and explain everything or they'll come in honestly too early in the story. And you don't really need to start at the beginning to have like the most interesting beginning, like starting the story with the death of his wife is such a smart place to start. Like you could have easily done sort of like an origin John Wick story where he like at the end of the movie, he like there's there's an origin story here that we'll probably get at some point where like he leaves his life behind and he goes and he marries his wife and like that's and that's a whole arc of him deciding to step away but I think it's so interesting because this is a movie about revenge that it's about him being kind of drawn back to the dark side really for lack of a better term right and uh I think it's it's such a great way to get to know his character and I think it's really kind of flawless storytelling in this one and so much of that is with like zero dialogue at all like even in the first 15 minutes of the movie you know so much about him, right? Like, you know about his relationship, you know how invested he is in it, you know that he's a creature of habit and, like, wakes up at the same time every day and, like, has the same thing for breakfast and, like, does the exact same thing and you know he's lonely and, like, isolated and, like, he doesn't really have friends and he lives in this big house. Like, there's so many visual clues that you're getting as to who he is before you actually even hear his name, which is, like, so crazy and so smart. And uh also the way that's kind of how you meet him like that version of john wick and then you meet sort of the old john wick kind of through everybody else's reaction to him as he starts to come back into the world and it's such a fun way to structure that story because it's a process of discovery for you it's a process of like rediscovery for him as a character of him like rediscovering this part of himself and like coming back to his very violent past and uh yeah the payoff is like is so huge of them like choosing to be very restrained in that way uh in a movie that like could have very easily had a very shitty plot honestly <laughs> like, they didn't need to take such care with how they structured his character but the movie's called john wick for a reason and like you really have a relationship to him mm. even in the first 15 minutes and by the end of the movie i think you really feel like you understand him as a person and what motivates him and um, I don't think you can say that for like a ton of other action franchises. I think they do a really good job with it in this one. Very well put. Melissa, why don't you go ahead and finish this off? And let me take a guess. Full star? Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a full star. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the plot there, I mean, it, it doesn't need to be a complicated plot. And I think kind of exactly what Quinn said that is absolutely a strength the fact that you're still able to tell the story when it's really like hey listen one plus two equals three because that's who John Wick is <laughs> period and we're gonna teach you about you know who this person is 
Um, you're gonna learn today. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. learn today. <laughs> no, but seriously, and and it is so well done, and I and I love like everything that Quinn said. The fact that you do get to know him and like his sensitive side, his emotional side, and then you see him completely flip, um, and how it is like a gradual flip for him. It, you know, originally it's like, all right, you know, I think I I need to mess this guy up. And then he starts getting back into it. And then he like, I mean, this man literally has nothing left. He has nothing to live for. He, that's kind of like who he was before he met his wife. He got out of this life that was full of death and full, like, you know, surrounded by just like money and power and death. He got out of it for love. Um, and it really is, I mean, it's a love story. John Wick is a love story. Um, and he took himself out of the only world that he knew in pursuit of love. And through that heartbreak, went right back into having nothing to live for. No one to impress, no one to like make proud. And so what else is he to do except for like, you know, return to dust as it were um and i think that is what makes him like so scary and ruthless because to an extent he really does not have any more value to his life um and so he goes for everyone no holds bar you know um and the fact that you do get a lot of that through showing and not through like everyone having to tell all of these stories all you need to know is he killed 20,000 guys with a pencil and and that's all you need to know and he will prove that throughout the rest of the film and i i think it's i think it's great there's just enough information about this world that keeps you uh one and more you know the Baba Yaga. I had to get that in before we finished. <laughs> I, I, ha- I have to ask a question because we love callbacks. Go for it. Yes. Is this story the equivalent of Phil Collins going hard with the Tarzan score? Oh, stop it. Wow. Stop it. They didn't have to, but they did, stop it. and we're grateful. <laughs> it's really true. Phil Collins did not have to do that for us, he but did. he will always be a, a hero. <laughs> They, they didn't have to make John Wick such a compelling character. No, but they did. But they really did. <laughs> they really did. It's such classic, like, you know, movie star screenwriting stuff too. Like, there's that famous screenwriter book, Save the Cat, and he gives the example, like, if you want to have, you need to have like a main character he empathize with. So, like, maybe he talks about a movie where the main character like saves a cat, and yeah, but obviously with the whole relationship with the dog, that's like such a classy thing, like classic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like finish to the character too to like make us empathize with somebody who we're about to see like commit massive <laughs> murder yeah he killed my dog <laughs> but like was well, like well they killed this dog right. they didn't have to do I that mean, seriously but can we also talk about like let's let's pretend that john wick is not the protagonist and turn this around and he is the antagonist just imagine you're living your life you like I mean, well, you're living your life by stealing people's cars and breaking into their houses and beating them up and killing their dogs, you know, whatever. And then this demon hunts you down, kills everyone you know and love, burns your shit to the ground, comes for you, and the guy who happens to be driving your car, like, slaughters 
hundreds of people i want i want someone to go through all the john wick movies and actually count how many people he killed it is probably in the hundreds that's just what we saw you know what i mean yeah but how many people has this man killed he is a demon he is a terrifying like you said mass murder he's he's, it's not necessarily a serial killer because like the definition of that is a little different however like as an assassin he is a scary human being and we love it (laughs) we do and we love it absolutely and i don't know if it's sad or i'm just gonna move along with it but we love a guy who goes around killing people We are all good at it. You gotta respect it (laughs) at some point, right? (laughs) We're just appreciating a professional at work. He told you. He told you, don't come for me. So he did say. Now you know. You see a guy with a small dog, leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Do not trust that classic Mustang. Right. All right. So that'll conclude our first movie for tonight's episode, and John Wick. The very first one takes the cake in the C-Cast. Five stars across the board. And moving on right into the next film, John Wick Chapter 2. Synopsis for this. Bound by inescapable blood debt, the Italian crime lord Santonio D'Antonio, a wild name, and with his precious 1969 Mustang still stolen, John Wick and the pitless assassin who thirsts for seclusion is forced to visit Italy to honor his promise. But soon, the boogeyman will find himself dragged into an impossible task in the heart of Rome's secret criminal society as every killer in the business dreams of cornering the legendary Wick who now has an enormous price on his head. Drenched in blood and mercilessly hunted down, John Wick can surely forget a peaceful retirement as no one can make it out in one piece. So heading right in to John Wick Chapter 2. And I gotta say... As well and as high as we rated the first film and as good as the first John Wick was, it's tough to come back with a sequel film that is just as good and in maybe some ways a tad better. Like, John Wick Chapter 2, I was like, wow, okay, they really have something going here. Um, And so we'll jump right into our general category. Quinn, we'll go to you to start us off. Uh, What did you give the general section uh, for this film? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd give it a full star. I mean, it, the first one, compared to the later ones in this series, like, it is pretty grounded. And I really appreciate that with the second one, they didn't try to replicate that. They just really doubled down and went, like, more bonkers and went deeper into, like, expanding the world of the Continental and, like, giving you crazier, wackier characters. Like, I'm sure we'll get to it, but, like, the Lawrence Fishburne character is, like, enough to give this movie a full star for me. Like, <laughs> and if nothing else, like... <laughs> That's just that's just great. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so funny and um yeah, just just bananas and they just go ham and uh it's such a good watch. It's such a good time. So yeah, a full star for sure. Oh yeah, anytime Neo and Morpheus are linking up on the screen. I mean, <laughs> it's it, great. It, it's going to be a great film. Uh, Melissa- He's like the Pigeon King. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> weird and also incredible. <laughs> yeah great character they introduced us to melissa will come to you what did you give general um generally yeah i also give it a full star i think that um as each movie goes on the way that they are able to expand this this world that we know um never ceases to amaze me you know the first movie had a lot to do with kind of a single family 
um, and all of their personal hitmen. Um, and the second movie expands that kind of into another family that has like um, members around the world. Um, you know, he ends up going to Italy to kill the sister. Um, spoiler alert. Um, but don't be surprised. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, you're also dealing with another family. He's trying to get back, you know, out of the game, but ends up getting back into the game and then fighting the game itself. Um, and I just, I, I love that. I love that they just continue to kind of like open Pandora's box of how how big is this, like syndicate if you will how how deep does the rabbit hole go um and then you know getting to the point um oh actually i mean it's hard it's hard to talk about just one john wick movie especially having knowledge from all three of them and <laughs> i think i was about to say something that actually doesn't even happen in the second one but remind me when when everybody is uh when his life is forfeit and he's excommunicado, that's the third movie, correct? All right, yes. so the past uh, 30 seconds, we can just cut that out. Is, is, that, what, is, okay. is that the end of the second where that starts? They do say it at the end of the second. He's, like, excommunicado at the very end. Right. Okay. right. And the third one picks up, like, moments after the second one ends. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is fun. Like, the, so far, the whole franchise has taken place in, like, maybe a month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but his hair grows at an incredible rate in that month. <laughs> it's about six inches, and he looks like he has aged a decade because he basically has. <laughs> Guys, okay, Keanu Reeves is fifty-eight years old. What crazy fifty-eight? Yeah. When wow. he did the first film in twenty fourteen, that was—I mean, he was what or forty-nine. 49. Let's say that he was, let's say that he was 48, 47 when the filming actually took place because, you know, editing and all of that. That's wild. They can keep going until he's 70 at this rate. Please do. (laughs) Oh my God, the geriatric John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) He's just killing people with his walker. (laughs) Hey man. Jones, they can just keep making more movies. (laughs) That universe would probably have a hidden gun in his walker. (laughs) Oh, just wait until John Wick gets Medicare. It's Anthony, we'll come to you here for your general rating. And I got to say, my favorite part from this film by far was when he was at the Continental in Rome and he asked for a tasting. Just needed a tasting to get the selection of his weapons. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this has to be the most clever way to like do this type of scene. Oh, it's just, it's sophisticated. It's like, yes, he's going to kill people and that's all right because he's doing it elegantly. (laughs) <laughs> like a gentleman yeah the whole thing about so, him like describing like how he wants his suit to be made and he's like right tactical, tactical. <laughs> 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 oh my god we haven't even talked talked about the classic lines of dialogue uh, oh there's so, god, many. so I w- many i was gonna ask about that and i mean hey we might just go off the rails here which gonna, i'm okay with why like they're such cheesy lines but they don't feel cheesy <laughs> Like they they work so well, and I I I don't know why. 
I think it's a lot. I think it's mostly Keanu. Like, yeah. what other actor could really sell it that way, right? Like, it is. They are cheesy, but it's it, like, who cares? Yeah. It's he's you know, like he he really commits. Like, he is the definition of an actor. Like, is always himself, but always commits a hundred percent. And like, I think that commitment sells it. And uh, I think that it, it's you kind of like don't care about anything else because you know that like it's all just part of the part of the fun, really. Yeah. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, I wonder if, if it's like in a lot of action movies, there's, there can be a lot of bravado with the way that people fight and it's just not quite there with John Wick. And so it's it's like totally. you can respect it and it's just like, okay, yeah, I see you. You're just kind of like Alex, what you said. He's just a consummate professional doing his work and we just appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, pearl, they earn man. it for sure. Can we talk yeah, about the way that, that he like changes his, um, oh my God, what is it called? Uh I almost said cartridge. It's not a cartridge. When, he shot oh, the magazine? Yes. Yes, yeah. when he changes the mag in his guns. But when he takes it out, he just, like, turns the gun to the side, goes, and then just, like, puts it back in. Ah! Anyway. I, it's very I, impressive. It's tactical well, reload. <laughs> well, and I'm no, I'm no gunsmith by any count, but I think if you watch, like, videos and they ask military people, you know, how do you unload and reload your weapon? The whole point is to keep the gun up. You don't want to bring it down because mm-hmm. then you have to bring it back up again. So that's how they do reload with it up in, in their sight line. That way they can just reload and keep seeing what they're shooting. So shout out to Keanu for keeping it accurate as well, mm-hmm. both literally and cinematographically. Why? <laughs> cinematography, why? Yes, we are also creating words now in this podcast. Uh, so how do we want to do this? We kind of have gone off the rails and it feels like we want to have a larger conversation kind of about the series as a whole, maybe about the two films together. Do we want to continue on with our categories and just power through? Okay. I kind of I kind of like the idea of going off the rails. Like we have our, okay. we have like, I, I think you're right that we did the, the kind of, you know, individual breakdown, and I I feel that it's going to be kind of the same thing. And I, if we talk about like the things that we loved about the second movie, kind of going in and knowing we're probably going to give these all five stars anyways. Let's, yeah. I think, let's embrace the larger it's conversation. Safe to assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Alex, I want to, I want to hear more from you. Yes, agreed. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then, why don't we just jump in? And Anthony, I'll come to you and. Why don't we just get your full five-star rating? Since we didn't get all the way through the general, um, give us your full five-star rating for all of the categories. You don't have to give a full spiel. Anybody, feel free to just jump in. We're going to go free form here for the second film. So, Anthony, why don't you kick us off? All right. I'm going to say full stars across the board. Uh, I'm watching all, all these movies, and I guess just for the listeners, we are going to do John Wick 3 and 4 together. So that's coming up. So we're I'm like watching all of these movies at the same time. And so for me, there's no separation between them. So if you couldn't tell, I was kind of talking about the second uh, John Wick film when we were talking about the first one, just because I, I almost can't separate the two at this point, uh, especially because it's my first time watching them. And so it's just, it's all one big blur, but five stars across the board. Score was great. Carries the same themes. The story, again, they just expanded everything, which kept me hooked. Uh, yeah, I don't have much more to say. Awesome. All right. Uh, Quinn, we'll come back to you. Why don't you finish off and give us the rest of your ratings uh, for the film? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. It's 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 another it's another set of big fat full stars, uh, and uh, a great big thumbs up as well. I think uh, some of the supporting supporting performances like maybe don't hit as hard for me, but I love all of the like except with the exception of of Lawrence Fishburne, of course. Um, but all of the people who they bring back, like the Lance Reddick who plays uh, the concierge, um, I love his character and. Uh, the other guy who's like the main continental dude whose name I always forget. Ian McShane. Winston. That guy oh, is the actor's name. Um, like Jonathan. they're all super that's right. <laughs> Jonathan, correct. Uh they're all super fun. And obviously like Keanu brings it home again. And um I think the real problem with the second one is like they kind of try to like give him a little bit of like a female counterpart and it it doesn't I think they solve that problem in the third one with the addition of Halle Berry and like it doesn't it, it is still kind of a sausage fest in the second one, but I don't think that really like detracts from, <laughs> from the movies at all. And uh yeah, just the world building is really fun. Um they really deliver on the premise and they give you what you want and more. And uh again, like it's it's all about showcasing like the beauty of that action choreography and like the skill of all of those like stunts and some performers and um, it's a really good time. And you also just get some absolutely bonkers scenes. Like, what's better than than uh, Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne on that New York City rooftop <laughs> talking about, are you going to start a war or are you going to just give me a gun? Like, what's, what's better than that? <laughs> I don't need anything else from a movie. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel Melissa, like, how about you? I feel like I just want to like give a good shout out to like the locations that they had access to film in in the second movie are breathtaking. The entire like scene that happens in Rome is it? It's supposed to be the, the, the in catacombs. Yeah, is it yeah. in the Colosseum? No, I think it's in the catacombs. But the catacombs so, are underneath the Colosseum, no? Or no, I, I think mean, it was. It's like a separate shrine ruin place it might have been like an old church or something like that okay i, I don't think where they buried people or is it am I that wrong? would be fitting yeah i think yeah uh, that's why i think it was like a church maybe so like something okay. where they had a cemetery nearby but still all i mean all to say like the the locations that they filmed at in in the second one were like absolutely breathtaking um i think that I gotta be honest, I feel like every time I see another John Wick movie, I think to myself, this is the best fight scene I've ever seen. And then I see the yeah. next one, I'm like, oh my god, this is the best fight scene I've ever seen. Then you get to the second movie, and he's in Rome, I'm like, oh my god, this is the best <laughs> fight scene I've ever seen. And then, I mean, I <laughs> it's, it gets worse, because I know we're not even talking about the third one, but... The first but fight scene to. in the we third one, yeah, third one was is so good. the best. Like it, it literally just keeps getting better. And I they up the ante big time. Oh my god! It, I'm like I'm obsessed, and I I can really appreciate the fact that I I don't feel like, and maybe I'm just like not paying attention, um, but I don't feel like a lot of the fight scenes seem too repetitive. 
I feel like they're they're always different. They're always in a different location. I mean, in the first movie, there was a like a little bit of gun action in a club, the Red Circle, and I saw that last night. That's the only reason I remember that detail. Um, <laughs> and you know, in the second one, you still have that like concert that's happening. Okay, so you know you're shooting guns in a crowd. There's mayhem, you know, but still, I feel like you go to this action movie and they they give it to you so hard that you you just like you just want more it's it's always like the best thing that i've ever seen um and yeah and i i I really do appreciate that i feel like a lot of um a lot of movies can sometimes be a little bit too graphic um just for that shock factor and john wick doesn't need that i never feel Mm. like i'm sitting here seeing just like just way too much blood you know there, there's enough to make you be like oh yeah he's like actually killing people it's not as tame as you know your superhero like marvel movies and he's a dark person just because of how ruthless he is and like in an absolute assassin but you're not necessarily watching him disembowel people and their guts spilling on the floor and people slipping on it. You know, there's none of that. And right. well, because that's a very inefficient way to kill people. <laughs> so I think it's it's very it's very in line with who he is, right? Like he's, he's he is he's a professional. He's extremely efficient. Yeah. He's trained to kill as many people as quickly as possible. <laughs> and it's and it's he doesn't have time with, to disembowel with anything at his disposal. A pencil. <laughs> Seriously, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, there's. In the first movie, he like pulled off his sling. That like he, this man pulled off his sling with his broken That's arm right. and <sighs> choked a bitch with it. <laughs> it's really like it's such a great example of like I mean they do so much cool weapon stuff in these movies, but my favorite fights are always like the hand to hand combat stuff because like ultimately like John Wick is the most deadly weapon. Like he does not need a weapon to kill people. Yeah, yeah. You know. I thought one of the most impressive things. Again, I'm going back to like the behind the scenes information, which I just I will eat it up. Um, and yes, I'm sorry, we're kind of going back just specifically to the first movie, but in the very last scene where he's fighting with a um, with the head honcho of the family or whatever that that he was fighting against, um, Vigo. Yeah, Vigo. Thank you, because the character is Russian. The fighting style that they used was specifically like russian street fighting specifically and yeah the fact that like this is where dramaturg comes in handy you know like being able to for those people who don't know dramaturg is somebody who does historical research in order to make sure that plays and movies are historically accurate um based on like the time frame that they are trying to uh portray slash um like costuming um and just make everything as historically accurate as possible um when that's what you're going for but all to say um the fact that they were that they paid so much attention to having that specific detail really is is something that i think is so incredible about these movies that i would have never even considered or paid attention to um but that they consistently they consistently give. So I know we wanted, and someone asked the question of, you know, how many people does he actually kill? And while you guys were talking, I looked up the numbers, and I got a couple <laughs> different answers here. So the first nice. John Wick, uh, so I got two numbers here. The first one is 299. <laughs> oh my God. 
seems a tad high. Um, <laughs> considering that's how many Spartans held the hot gates against the Persians in the movie 300. Minus one. Oh minus God. one. <laughs> I don't uh, know if it makes it better to know the number. <laughs> 299 is a lot. So maybe not that. The other number is 77? Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, so wait, different. Why are they so different? So I think 299 might be the total number of people killed. So Where far. I think 77 I... are like who, who he killed. Okay, got it. Maybe so, the 77 confer. I mean, so, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it's like, if you I shoot mean, somebody, maybe they live. I don't know. 77 right, I think it's a couple of, like, knockouts. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that's just the first one. The second one, 129. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then the third one, round us out, 94. There you go. That's hundreds. That's, that's like... literally hundreds of people. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they'll ever later in the franchise do like some of them. This is so dark. <laughs> do like any of the like orphans of people that he's killed come oh, in God. to get revenge on him? It's like hey, I'm still waiting. An army of orphans. Oh, not to change the movie subject, but I'm still waiting for that Kill Bill Volume yeah. Three and bring back Vivica A. Fox's orphan, the one because she yeah. killed Vivica like. I need that Kill Bill back because Uma Thurman's daughter is coming up. She could be the one trying to protect her mom. Hey, man, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> there we go. We're, throwing, we're just throwing out ideas here. These, the Hollywood, these are all free. Hey guys, pick That's it up. That's right. Pick yeah, it up. free. Take it. Run with it. We're on Spotify. Uh, but that'll be – that's the numbers for the movie. I didn't know we were having kill counts now as a I mean, why section not? in our podcast. But, hey, there we go. Kill count for John Wick <laughs> Chapter 2, 129. All right. Sheesh. So we don't have any listeners' questions for this episode of the pod, but I'll go ahead and pose a question to you guys. Uh, what can we expect, or what do you guys hope for in John Wick Chapter 4? Because, I mean, we've seen this world get super big and expansive, and having watched some of the trailers, it looks like they're kind of giving him a little bit of a cop-out in that, hey, you fight this one guy one-on-one -on -one and you earn your freedom? It's like, I thought he broke the law of, like, there is no freedom coming back from this. <laughs> yeah. And he went to try to go get his freedom back. And, you know, he cut off his finger. And, like, how many more loopholes is he going to get to try to find his way out of this? So I'm curious, what what do you guys hope for in this final uh, movie? Quinn, how about we go to you? I mean... I feels unoriginal. I mean, I do hope for like all the things that that made me love the franchise to begin with. Like, you know, I want to see all those characters that I like feel so like close to and like familiar with now. Like, I hope I hope the dog is in the fourth one. His like cute little pit bull that he gets at the end of the first one <laughs> named. I think it's dog. a different dog. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> I think a it's different a different dog. I I don't think it's a different dog. I think it's think Halle it's Berry's one? dog. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yes, there is, there is another dog in the trailer. You are correct. But I don't think that he, like, replaced his dog. Hmm. I think it's, it's alluding to the fact that Halle Berry's coming back. Oh, Cause it, interesting. Because he, like, runs to the dog in, in the middle of a fight scene. Well, that's, that's what they want you to think, I guess. Well, I'm hoping for some pups. <laughs> hoping for some puppers. Oh, they, oh, um, they have to and... hope they stay alive. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping for some, like, fun new additions. Like, I know Rina Sawayama is in this new movie, who she's, like, a, a British pop star who's 
I'm really excited to see how that turns out. Like, I think that's that's what's going to keep you coming back is like they have to keep bringing in different people while still giving you, you know, what you loved about the series to begin with. So I'm, I'm excited for those new additions to the like rounding out this new cast. Right, because the first um, 300 people than- in the cast, he already killed off. So right. that's right. Like, <laughs> and but there's a lot of people in the world like they can make a lot more movies before he's like conceivably killed enough to like you know really make a dent um he's just at a small school right now that's it i I would love at some point to know like what happens in the rest of the world because like like do are are, are, like normal is everybody in the continental that's kind of the impression that i get like what does what does like the average like everybody has gold points What's what I'm saying? Like, what what does the average banker know about the Continental? Like, <laughs> if you're just, like, buying groceries and, like, you see this happen, like, do you know what's going on? Like, I don't know. Like, how – it's sort of like Harry Potter. Like, how much is the other world, like, aware of the, the like, magic alternate universe yeah. that exists? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good – that's a good question to uh, pose. We'll find out. We'll find out in, like, two short weeks. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. So exciting. All right, well, does anybody have any final thoughts here before we wrap it up? This has been a great analysis of John Wick, the first film, John Wick Chapter 2, kind of, and then a little bit of John Wick 3, <laughs> and we just kind of wrapped up the whole John Wick world here. So a little bit of a break from the norm, but we had some great conversation here. Uh, anybody, final thoughts? I I am I'm just so excited. That's my final thought. I'm so excited. I think this is finally another um like series, uh excuse me. This is finally another franchise that I can't wait to like actually purchase and have in my home at all times. Mm. You know, I feel like that with Lord of the Rings. I want to have my Harry Potter books, I, like things that I can geek out or obsess about, if you will. Um, mm. And I'm ready for John Wick to be right alongside that. Yeah, I can't wait to show my kids John Wick one day when they're old <laughs> enough. Once they're once it's age appropriate. Yeah, when they hit, it's right. going to be a long when time. When they hit cause... ten, we're going to start, you know, teaching them. I think that's fine if I explain that, like. It's really just choreography. It's not really violence. <laughs> it's just cherry Kool-Aid. That's not really violence. It's, it's They're just a bunch of uh, He's just Kool-Aid chewing on people walking around. Yeah. They all had a big group hug after this. What's <laughs> <laughs> they called cut? Maybe we show the behind the scenes first, and then... They all went to Tender Greens. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to conclude our episode for today. Quinn, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with us. We will definitely have you back. This was so much fun. Um, I'm so excited because now I get to say the thing. When I come back, I get to say, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You went it up already. I can't can't mess this up because I have to to say it. (laughs) Perfect timing. Outstanding. Yes. No, you are guaranteed to come back now. And we're going to have you back at a time where people least expect it, too. Uh, All our listeners out there, please be sure to go check out Your Next Obsession. That's Quinn's podcast. New season coming out soon. Please be sure to go ahead and take a look. Um, Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Seacast. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at The Seacast Podcast. 
or on email at theseedcastpodcast at gmail.com. This has been the episode on John Wick, chapter one, chapter two, a little bit of chapter three, hyped about chapter four, and we will come back with more in our next episode. Thanks. See you next week. Thank you.